0: Welcome to the Voices of Manufacturing, where business leaders across the country share their unique challenges and insights.
1: We want to help people within manufacturing and make them excited to come to work every day and go home safe to their family.
0: When you
2: bring people in, they're anything but a machine. They're partners that can help you build your business, that can be your success if you treat them right. It's almost like magic because it takes the learning process sometimes from weeks down to days, sometimes
0: hours. This podcast is brought to you by Dazuki, the premier frontline digital transformation solution that allows manufacturers to standardize operations. And now here are your hosts, Brian Salee and Michael Mullenberg.
3: Hey Michael, how are you doing
2: today? Hey, doing well, Brian. How about you? Staying warm? I see we're both in our our fleece
3: jackets today. Yeah, it's cold, but but no no weather yet. But I, this is actually going to be a really fun conversation today. I'm still thinking about our last episode we did with Thomas Davis. And, you know, he really shared some great insights into, you know, his experience being a training manager and really how to retain employees. And I think one of the things that, you know, really caught my attention with what he was telling us uh, was how manufacturers really need to develop their employees and have some sort of career path or development program. And I'm curious, we didn't get a follow up on that conversation, but what are, what are you seeing in the industry right now when it comes to career paths and development programs?
2: Yeah, there's a lot has changed, uh, just in the last couple of years. I think, uh, you know, in my background, we had leadership development, we had kind of special programs, uh, we had engineering programs where we rotated people through disciplines. Um, We even had a new onboarding program uh, called Optimized Operations. We bring in brand new engineers and have them rotate and run projects and just have them focus on uh, project work versus maybe some day-to-day activities. What I'm really seeing now, um, we've talked about uh, workshops are springing up, um, kind of revisiting some of the lean tools, um, some of the specific methodologies, Um, even more comprehensive lean leaders, lean certification. I've been doing a lot of that lately. Um, and then, even even at the management level, what is what is the leadership up to, and and what are some you know maybe modern leadership things things to consider, uh, working with remote workforces, uh, distributing uh, team members all over the country, all over the world, um, and maybe taking a second look at those opportunities as well. Um, and then and then back to just you know fundamental leadership behaviors, I'm circling back and saying it's not about tools and methodologies, but how do we want our leaders to behave. And how do we coach that? How do we hold people accountable for that? So, uh, lots of employee development and lots of programs going on now for sure.
3: Yeah, it, 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 seems like there's definitely a rise in, in these programs from a lot of our conversations with guests. We're seeing a lot more of this, but, uh, to today's episode, it's, it's actually, we're gonna flip the tables. Usually we're hearing from somebody who's running a program or, you know, in charge of implementing it. Uh, today we actually get to hear from somebody who's going through one of these programs. So I'd like to welcome, uh, Andrew Dendis, uh, to the voice of the manufacturing podcast. Welcome Andrew.
1: Hey, Brian and Michael. Yeah, I'm excited
3: to be here. Excellent. Well, Andrew, you mind telling us a little bit about, uh, the company you work for. I, I know everybody's going to be familiar with, uh, with Raytheon, but tell us a little bit about RTX, which, uh, I believe is, is like your guys holding company, right?
1: Yeah, it's uh, so we are um, you know RTX is is the the one business these these days. We call it one RTX. And uh, you know, for those of you that are not familiar, um, back in around 2020, uh, you had United Technologies, which was uh, Pratt and Whitney I- aircraft engines and Collins Aerospace, uh, merged with Raytheon uh, and created Raytheon Technologies. Uh, and then now we're we're called RTX, and RTX is made up of the three business units, which are um, heritage raytheon and then college aerospace and pratt and whitney uh engines
3: got it so it's it's really three business units operating under under rtx the is the main brand essentially then
1: yeah yeah and uh and i think one of the the, the big benefit of doing that, right, is, is three historic businesses in their own right. I mean, uh, Pratt and Whitney, Collins, and Raytheon all have been around for a very long time. Uh, they're very well storied in in, uh, in the industry. Uh, and the idea of making and, and creating the one RTX was to be able to you know, take those histories and, and processes and, and merge them together into the one RTX uh, that, that we are now, and um, and really. Uh, you know, leverage that, leverage that scale. Uh, it's a, you know, we're a huge company. Uh, we're 170,000 employees uh, all around the world. Um, and it, it's across, you know, everything that you can imagine in aerospace and uh, as well as defense. Wow.
3: 100, 170,000 employees. I didn't realize it, it was that big. That's incredible.
2: Yeah, it's huge. We have very large company.
3: Well, Andrew, you know, we, we, we know each other, we used to actually work together, uh, at Dazuki, which is kind of an interesting, uh, component of this, but I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, you know, I know previously you worked in manufacturing, um, what made you want to join RTX and, and what made you want to get into a leadership development program, uh, like the one you're in?
1: Yeah, so I'll start with, with RTX. Uh, so, you know, like, like I said, uh, the. I think the biggest thing is gonna be the company and, and the reputation, right? Um, you know, most, most people are aware of, of uh, Raytheon and, and RTX and the, and the different business units. Uh, they've been around for a long time and it's really important for me to, to have something, uh, you know, works that I can take pride in and, uh, and, and be passionate about, right? And, uh, and so that, you know, especially given the, you know, the times that we're in, um, I was very passionate about, you know, joining the industry and, uh, and also RTX in general. Uh, but then whenever you look at the, at the leadership development program itself, uh, I, I was motivated mainly by the, yeah, it's, it's exciting. Uh, so it's a rotational program and, uh, and you get to to try out different roles and there's a, there's an expiration date and you get to try out different locations anywhere in the country and um, sometimes even outside of the country, if, if you prefer. Um, and I think a lot of people, um, you know, especially, you know, younger folks and these days are really wanting to. they want the excitement or they want to try things out and they don't necessarily want to be nailed down to doing the exact same role, um, day in and day out for 30 years. Um, it's, it's just not not as appealing necessarily. And I would say that's true for me as well. So the aspect of, you know, if I, if I want to try out a certain role in supply chain in a certain region of the country, I can do that and I can get that experience, learn from it, contribute, Uh, And then I can rotate out. And if I want to come back to that later, I absolutely can. But, you know, if I don't ever want to do that again, I know that as well. So that that aspect of the program was was very appealing for me.
3: Yeah, well, before we go too far down this, I guess let's jump back a step. And so RTX has a a leadership development program. And I know it touches on several different domains. You mind kind of explaining, you know, the type of candidates that go through this program? You know, I know you're obviously not a, a recent grad. Uh, You've been in the industry for a while, so you have some experience, but yeah, just kind of give us a general overview of the program and, you know, what, why RTX, you know, put this program in place, I think is, is what I'm most interested in. Is it mostly to, you know, bring young talent into the, uh, the company and, and give them different experiences. What was, you know, what's, what's the main reason why this program exists?
1: Yeah, you know, I think fundamentally you're you're exactly right. It's about uh, about bringing uh, talent into the company, um, you know, from the company's perspective, and and it's really about building a, a pipeline of leaders and and building them in house rather than trying to to recruit and find from outside. Um, so to step back a little bit, when you look at the program itself at, at RTX, it's it's RTX wide the leadership development program, and there's several different uh, aspects or or functions within it. So you can have uh, there's finance, there's HR, and then the largest one is the one that I'm in and it's the operations and supply chain, uh, program. Um, and there's, there's two tracks within the ops and supply chain and that's the early career, uh, which is, is more of a traditional LDP that you hear about where, uh, you know, it's, it's freshly graduating, um, from your bachelor's degree and, you know, it's entry mostly entry-level roles, but, uh, it's, it's your, for most of them, it's their first role, uh, outside of college, uh, first job and so they get they get three rotations over the two year period and mm-hmm. uh and really get to try out uh several different things. Um and then a smaller subset of that is the one that I'm in. It's called the experience track. Um and it's it's exciting because there's there's about 15 of us uh in, in my cohort. Um and it's meant for people that are uh have three thirty-five plus years of experience. Um and it could be any experience, it could be operations, manufacturing. I think that's largely what it is. It could be military, uh, but they really really try to get diverse backgrounds uh, in, in people. Um, and, and yeah, it's two, one year rotations, uh, in, in, a little bit more, uh, leadership roles. And, and, um, it can be anywhere in the country, uh, and any of these three business units of, um, you know, Raytheon, Pratt & Whitney, or Collins. Now, Andrew, is
2: there, is there a, even a higher level? Is there like an executive leadership development, uh, maybe, maybe a non-rotational? Um, but is there one, even, even for, you know, 10, 15 years experience, a little more senior leaders or not?
1: So, um, actually, yeah. So there, um, you know, the, the program that I'm speaking about is the RTX Y LDP. There are definitely, it's a, it's a huge company. There are all kinds of different programs. There are apprenticeships, um, you know, mentor programs. Uh, and then there's, there's a couple of other ones I know, uh, for, for one in particular, it's designed for, um, it's called the mid-career, uh, admits advancement program. Uh, and it's for more of what you're talking about is taking people that are managers, senior managers, and it is a rotational style program. Uh, but it's, uh, I think less focused on, um, it's just focused more for, uh, those, those people that have some leadership experience and try to kind of get them, get them to the next level. Uh, but really as a company, um, RTX is very, very good about, you know, investing in, in people no matter what, whether you're in a program, off program, whether you're in, Complete new hire, or whether you're an executive, um, there's there's all kinds of programs throughout the company uh, to to take advantage of and uh, to invest in yourself.
2: And and did they advertise that, or were you aware of that before you joined the company? Was that one of the reasons you you wanted to you know pers- pursue that direction?
1: So I wasn't necessarily aware of the programs um, specifically. Uh, I was aware of some of the differences, uh, in, in RTX that you see, um, than what you see in, in a lot of other industries, uh, or companies. And, and what I mean by that, I think the nature of aerospace and and defense, especially it's, um, you know, it's, it's program and contract driven, right? So, you know, you spin up a, you, you bid a contract, you win a program, you, you work through its life cycle, and then you move on to the next one. Uh, and, and by the nature of that, you know, it's completely new technology a lot of the time and the, the people that, that, uh, you know, that make that happen, like the operators, the leaders, they don't, they don't grow on trees. You know, there's not a, a, a Raytheon school that you can go and hire from, you know, you can get engineers and, and you need that, you need that fundamental background, um, but because of that, RTX, um, really encourages people to, um, you know, to move around, to get a broad, broad variety of skill sets, uh, and build depth too. But, um, it's, it's really encouraged more so than, uh, than I've seen in other companies to, to get, you know, go to supply chain, come to operations, work in, um, you know, work in programs and because it, it benefits the company, uh, for you to have that flexibility and, and to understand all, all sides signs of the business, because whenever you've got programs spinning up and spinning down and, um, you know, you, you don't need people that are singularly focused. You need people that, that can adapt and, uh, and, and know all sides of the business.
3: Yeah, that's really interesting, Andrew, but I, I do want to go back because you said something earlier, you know, you were looking to get, you know, into the industry. It sounds like you, you wanted to be passionate about the work you were doing. Um, and I, am curious from your perspective, was it aerospace in particular, or was it manufacturing, uh, in general? Like, When you say passionate, like what, did you really hone in on, you know, this industry? Cause you, you know, you love, you know, aviation, you love aerospace. Like what, what is it?
1: Well, uh, I wanted to be a fighter pilot whenever I was a kid. Uh, so certainly the
3: aerospace side uh, is, is interesting, but
1: also the defense side as well. Um, you know, especially, you know, everything that's going on in the world. Uh, it's, it's very interesting and it it helps, it helps keep, keep America safe and, and our allies and, and countless people around the world. Um, I think there's there's one stat that we have out there. It's like uh, something like two thirds of uh of the, the world's aerospace is uh, is defended by RTX products. Um and it, it it's just it's insane the reach. And I think that that was really, really exciting to me and it's uh it's motivating to me. Uh, and I'll give a, a more specific example. So in my first in my first rotation that I had about this time last year, uh I was working uh, and, uh, on site and on a at a race on site. Uh, and I woke up to a news article that was talking about in in Ukraine, uh, there had been multiple missiles uh, that were coming heading towards Ukraine that had been shot down uh, and saved countless civilian lives. And uh, you know, I see the news article and I realized, oh wow, that's that's a program that, that I work, that I work with. And you know, I walk past past it every day. Like those are, it's made here, and it you know, you see the news and it, it saved countless lives. Um, you know, if that doesn't get you excited about going to work and, you know, want to, want to high-five your coworkers when you walk by, then, you know, I, I, don't know what else will, but, and it's not just defense. I mean, there's, uh, you've got the F-135 engines over at Pratt & Whitney, uh, which go in the F-35, um, fire jets. Um, you've got Collins Aerospace that does everything from avionics to interiors to all kinds of, uh, things in the, in aerospace. And so all of that is, is exciting to me.
3: Yeah, I think the interesting point here is that, you know, you had previous work experience, maybe figured out what you don't want to do uh, and decided, you know, I'm going to double down on the area I'm I'm passionate about. It sounds like you really getting that previous work experience sounds like it was really helpful in getting to this point where you, you really know what you want now, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And there's certainly always, always more to la- learn, right? Uh, you know, you see that in, in manufacturing uh, all the time. If you're, if you're an operations manager, um, a lot of the problems that you solve, uh, I'm starting to see a lot of them rhyme. Uh, they may have like a, a similar type of problems that, that come up, but it's, it's never the same. And oftentimes it's, it's never really expected. Uh, so you have that, that excitement aspect of, of working in, in manufacturing. I think that's what, what drew me to it and what's kept me in it and, and keeps me around it. Uh, for sure. So it's not, not just the aerospace and defense part of RTX, but, uh, it's, it's the complexity of the, the, uh, products that we make as well. Um, you know, there's very, very tight tolerances and, and all kinds of rules and regulations and, um, and all of that, you know, feeding into making highly complex products, uh, it's, it's, it's a fun set of challenges, uh,
3: you know, every, every single day. So, so Andrew, I want to, uh, go back to the, the program itself, um, You know, I know you go through a a rotation. Um, are you paired with anybody during that rotation? Uh, is there like an experienced, uh, person who, you know, a couple of levels ahead of you, you know, what, what does that really look like as you're going through that program? Is there, I guess maybe also, is there, are you paired with, you know, other folks in your cohort, you know, is there like a team or something like that?
1: Yeah. So I'll say um, yes to to both questions. Uh, so the, the program is set up so that um, formally uh, there there's processes in place that you're you're paired up for each rotation. You're paired up with a, a mentor who's uh, a, a few few levels you know ahead of you has more experience in the company um, and it also in a function similar to your rotation. So someone that you can bounce ideas off of and but is also not in your direct ch- chain of command in your uh, in the role that you're in. Right, so that you can you talk to about. Uh, you know, challenges or, you know, what you need to learn and, and just talk about career growth. And uh, so I found that really about valuable. Uh, I've both both of the mentors and I've, I've had, um, you know, I've talked with, with both of them regularly. Um, but then there's also uh, an aspect of the program and it, it, it's, a, it's a two-way part where we call it peer mentors. And what that is, is you take someone that's currently in the program in the second year and you pair them up as a peer mentor with someone that's just joining the program. So it's twofold, right? You know, you get experience trying to mentor someone else. That, uh, you know, is, is pretty, they're at your level. They're, they're your peer, uh, but, but also helping them to find the ropes and, uh, you know, learn what the bathroom is and the ins and outs of the different systems and also just kind of be a resource for them. Uh, but then also for the person that's incoming, uh, it gives them, a, you know, someone to, to talk to and, and have to ask questions.
2: I'm sure they have to also be careful about rotating you in and out. You know, if it's only a year, make that transition really smooth too, um, both in the work standards and, and sort of that people side that you mentioned, how did, how does that work? How do you get up to speed that fast and exit cleanly after only a
1: year? Yeah. And, uh, it's even harder in the uh, early career track where it's, you know, you get three rotations within the two years and it's eight months, um, in, in the role. Uh, so I think the, the biggest thing is the emphasis on standard work, right? Like, like any, any industry that you're in, uh, in, in manufacturing or any role that you're in, you want to build, you want to build good standard works and someone can backfill you and, um, you know, understand how to do the role as, as quickly as possible. Uh, and a lot of the roles that are in the rotational program have, have repeat, um, uh, rotators, right? Not all of them, but a lot of them, um, so, so they're kind of built around that you know, the kind of skill sets that you'll see in the rotation program, but also the fact that someone is, um, you know, maybe brand new to the company, or at least does not have a lot of experience in the company or in that role specifically, uh, but also still be able to, you know, have real responsibility and and make real impact, uh, in in the role as well. But you're absolutely right. You know, the, that transition is, is a crucial part of it and, and learning how to get good at the job quickly, uh, but then also document it so the next person can be set up for success as well. Uh, it's, a, it's a huge part of not just the rotational program, but but any any job that you go into, right?
3: Yeah, I could see how, you know, going back to what you were talking about earlier too, with with just the nature of the work that you guys do being program-based, you know, it sounds like the rotation really also helps building up that ability to be dynamic and, and you know, really adjust to of fluid situations uh that you guys are experiencing there
1: absolutely i think that's the really the the name of the game of the program um and you know we we hear it a lot it's uh you know just one of the big pieces of advice is get comfortable being uncomfortable right and uh and yes a lot a lot of it's because Mm -hmm. of that uh the versatility that you have to have to to go from role to role and uh from team to team and and get up to speed and, and make an impact as as quickly as possible but, uh, but you're, you're exactly right from the, from the company's perspective or for any companies that are looking at setting up programs, that's, that's the value that you get out of it, right? Is that you've got, uh, you've got cohorts of people that um, are, are trained to be versatile just, just because of the nature of their jobs, not even necessarily exactly what they do, but how the, how the structure is set up for that period of time in the, in the program. Um, but then also having the better understanding of the, you know, the, the functions outside of their, their normal day-to-day uh, role.
3: Andrew, I'm, I'm, interested in okay. understanding, you know, as, as you move out of a rotation, you know, is there a project or, you know, is there some sort of test to evaluate your knowledge and skills that you gained? Like, you know, how do you, how do you pass a rotation essentially? Um, or is that just done over the course of the rotation? That's milestones that you're achieving and, you know, that's getting checked. The box is getting checked at each stage. What's it, what's it look like?
1: Yeah, there's um, you know, there's a, there's a curriculum for the program, like a higher level um, you know, leadership trainings and and different session in person sessions that you have with your cohort uh, and and trainings that you go through there, which I've I found to be super valuable. Uh, but when it comes to the rotations themselves, you, know, you have an exit presentation, so you you want to be thinking about doing projects and and taking on uh, tasks that you know that you can tie up with a bow at the end or or at least be able to pass uh, and. and in a good state to the next person or, or to the team. And, uh, you know, as you rotate from one rotation to another, you do an exit presentation where you summarize that and it's, it's, uh, you know, goes out to senior leadership, people on your team, um, and then also your, the other people in your cohort. Um, but then also, uh, I think one really valuable part of the program is that it's like a capstone project. We call it the, the LDP impact project. And what they do is, you know, they put you together in teams with uh, other functions so you know in my team we have uh, people from the finance lgp uh digital uh engineering uh and then so they put you in small groups and they say all right you know you've got the you know, you've got the blessing you've got the, the the horsepower that you need and got the resources go find an important problem you know put a plan together solve it and then at your graduation at session c uh you know your your impact team is gonna uh, presented out to executive leadership, uh, you know, uh, what you worked on, what the impact was, uh, and, and kind of show like what, you know, what you, what did you contribute back to the, back to the company, uh, as, as part of the program.
3: Ooh, I, I like that. That's a really interesting, uh, component to it. So you're, you're learning problem solving, you know, in this, in this environment, uh, are you the one who gets to choose the problem that you guys are going to solve? Or is that select, decided as a group? Like, how's that process work?
1: Yeah, I think we, we everybody would love for it, you know, to be found a problem to solve, but that's not how it works uh, in the real world, right? Um, you know, you, you have to go in, and prioritize and find what's uh, the best the best problem to solve. And, and that's what we do is we find so, uh, each team goes out and, and finds a problem uh, or, you know, something that can be improved and they find a sponsor. And it it needs to be across RTX, too. You know, you don't want to, um, you know, update the standard work in this one role in this one facility, in this one location, right? You want something that can have a larger impact across the organization that you can talk about and and that has a a meaningful and measurable impact. Uh, but yeah, it's entirely, it's up to the team to get together and decide on, uh, you know, on ideas and, and what problem you go after and then also to get stakeholder buy-in. And, um, and then of course, you, you know, you get approval from it, from your, your coaches and you're assigned a mentor and and a coach uh, for the project as well to kind of keep you, uh, you know, to, you know, help you knock down doors or barriers if you need to, or put you in touch with the right person or keep you, keep you on the rails. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's de- decided by the, uh, by the project team, what they work on. Is this capstone you know,
2: started partway through the program or toward the end of the program, I am I'm, I'm assuming if you have, have a little bit of experience before you jump into the capstone,
1: like correct. Yeah. So you get assigned to your, uh, impact project team in what we call session B. Uh, so for all of the LDPs, you get together at three sessions, session A, B, and C. Of course, A is at the beginning of the program, B is near the middle, and C is uh, graduation. Um, and so at session B, you know, you get put into your impact pro- project groups, um, and that's about that's about halfway through the program. Um, and so for us, that was back in, I think it was October, uh, maybe sept- September or October that we got put into our groups, and then next June is whenever we'll be. Uh, you know, putting it all together and, and presenting it out at graduation at session C.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Andrew, I think it's a really interesting program because as, as you're talking about it, you know, right. Like you even said, you know, go get stakeholder buy-in, right? Like these are skills that, you know, the only way you're going to gain these skills is going through the experience of like what you're doing, doing a project, right? Uh, you know, getting stakeholder buy-in we know is really challenging at manufacturing companies because they're so complex. There's so many different areas that that need to buy in. Has there been additional coaching on these, you know, like again, getting stakeholder buy-in or working with a diverse team right across, you know, different disciplines? Has there been additional training in those areas or has that all just been learned through experience uh, as you're doing the program? So of course
1: you've got the learn from experience aspect of of going and doing it right. That's that's the best teacher. That's the best way it's going to be uh, ingrained. But whenever I say that that RTX and the and the LDP especially invest in you, um, those are the ways that it does it. So when you go to session A or B or C, uh, or when you go to your specialized functional, so for Ops and Supply Chain, we'll have our own. Um, you know, we we'll go to a training. Um, that's, those are the, exactly the kind of topics that, that we're being trained on. You know, we'll, we have, uh, you know, some best in class, uh, you know, some research institutes that'll come in and, and, put on some of the training, uh, and talk about, you know, leadership styles and, and leadership skills, public speaking, executive presence and presentations, um, getting, uh, leading diverse teams. I think that was one of the subjects from session B that was, that was exactly it. Um, one of the days was spent on, uh, you know, how you get together a diverse group of people. Um, and, and maybe a matrixed organization that don't report to you, uh, directly, uh, and, and get their buy-in, um, and, and how you lead and be effective in an environment like that. Uh, and I think that's definitely one of the benefits that I've seen in the program is, is their emphasis on, um, you know, giving you that experience, but also the coaching and training along the way. Are they bringing in some, some outside resources, experts,
2: um, guest speakers, um, you know, throughout the cohort experience?
1: Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, we'll have, we'll have panels of, of internal, um, you know, people that went through the program previously and have gone on, you know, you know, five or 10 years, uh, you know, into their career after the program and we'll come back and talk about their journey. Um, we'll have, uh, you know, external um, sometimes come in and, and lead some, um, you know, executive, uh, you know, uh, presentation training. Uh, so it's a mixture of both. And sometimes we'll have, uh, we'll have executives within the companies that'll come. And uh, and give presentations about uh, you know really really learning the company from from their perspective you know learning more about um, you know the the, uh, the Raytheon side of the business or the Pratt Whitney side and, and trying to get that broader overview uh, to understand all parts of the business uh, and then and then other parts that you wouldn't necessarily see otherwise.
3: Andrew, we've we've talked. I've heard you talk a lot already about you know. Uh, leadership, problem solving, you know, getting, working with, you know, uh, people from various different groups, what, in what area do you feel like the program has helped you grow the most? I would
1: have to say, um, versatility first and foremost, you know, we talked we talked a little bit uh, about that already. Uh, but just the understanding that, you know, you don't have to know, you don't have to know everything, uh, to be successful in a role, uh, especially a new role, right? Um, you know, the more you do, the more you do know, you know, certainly that helps, uh, but you want to build that toolkit. And and I feel like what's, uh, what's been beneficial for me is helping to build that toolkit and understand, you know, what do I need to do in the first 30, 60, 90 days of a role uh, to, to get up to speed and then to, to make an impact in that, in that position. Um, but then also be able to shift gears and work on something completely different uh, in a completely different business uh, and, and maybe on the other side of the country uh, and, and be okay with that and be excited about it. Uh, so I think that's, um, you know, that, that embrace ability to emba- embrace change, um, is something that's, uh, I think is, uh, has been developed in me, uh, but then also being able to learn from my peers as well. There's a lot of great diverse talent, uh, within the program and within RTX in general. And, uh, the more people I get exposed to, um, you know, the, the more I like, you know, meeting more of them because they're, uh, they're just the kind of people that you meet them in an elevator or at a restaurant or something, you're like, man, I want to stay in contact with that person. They're just, you know, really you know, intelligent, have a cool background. Um, and, and that's all over the place in, in RTX. So I think learning from people like that as well has been, um, an awesome part of the experience for me.
3: Yeah. I could imagine the networking, um, that you're experiencing right now. It's probably, I gotta think that's gonna open up a lot of opportunities for you in the future. Um you know, and, and, and maybe that's one of the biggest benefits of a program like this, I, I guess, yeah, in your mind, what is one of the biggest benefits for, for you personally, not just RTX, but thinking of your career as a whole, whether it's at RTX for the next 20, 30 years or someplace else, what, what do you think is the biggest benefit of this program?
1: Uh, absolutely. The, the network, um, you know, that you get out of it, you get the experience and the experience is incredibly valuable, uh, but the network of people, um, I, I think is, is, far the the biggest drawing point and probably what's going to be the biggest benefit to me personally uh, and and to everyone else in the program in the future. But uh, not even just to us individually, but you think about from the perspective of of RTX from the company or or someone that runs um, an LDP, uh, having a a network of people, you know, every year you're turning out another cohort of 15 well-connected people, you know, very close with each other, but also close, have, you know, connections all throughout the company, you know, all over the world, um, in all different functions, you, you know, you come up on a problem and you say, oh, I know exactly who to call, I've I've got a friend that, uh, worked on that, um, you know, just a couple of years ago. Um, and so, you know, pumping that out every year, uh, into the company, I mean, that's a a very well connected, um, organization and, and, leadership group, um, you know, as they, as they rise through the ranks and, and move throughout. So I think it's beneficial, uh, for me individually, uh, but also for any, for the company as well.
2: Yeah, Andrew, I was going to be even more specific and ask if there's any um, behaviors that have shifted. As you know, you're partway through the program. Is there anything that you're doing very, very different differently in your leadership style as a result of this uh, this
1: program? Um, well, I've learned a lot about how little I know. Uh, so, so my approach uh, has has changed a little bit. There, you know, um, you have to you have to be humble enough to mm-hmm. ask questions and. And understand that uh, you know there's there's a lot of nuances. You can't come in and start breaking down walls day one of the of you know your your new job, right? You have to come in and learn the environment, learn the background, the context. Uh, so I'll, I'll say and that's uh, that's a change for me. Um, I'll say I've also gotten much more comfortable with uh, you know socially, um, you know whether it be speaking or, or networking with new people that I've um, you know never met before. Uh, you spend a lot of time doing that in the program, and that's it's something that you never want to. You never think about like consciously working on, uh, but it is kind of emphasized in the program and it's such an important part of anyone's career is being able to meet new people and, and, connect with people and, uh, and speak and communicate and, and get across a message.
2: Yeah, that's great. Those are good examples.
3: Well, Andrew, as, as we kind of come to a close here, I'm, I'm curious, you know, what, if you were starting up a leadership development program at a, another company you know, and you, you hadn't done this before, you know, what do you think is the most critical component to a successful leadership development program? Um, uh, is it the curriculum, is it the people? Uh, I mean, these rotations sound really interesting.
1: I, I would probably summarize it in, uh, two, two critical factors. One is going to be, uh, like, like any other, um, you know, program that you, that you put in for a company, especially something that's company-wide. Uh, is you have to have the leadership buy-in and support, right? Uh, you know, it's got to be something that's not just tolerated, but something that leadership is really passionate about. Um, I think that's re- really critical from being, uh, you know, an OK program or a program that fizzles out over time to being a really successful one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then beyond that, um, I think it's really important. I think what RTX does really well, and at least in the cohorts that I'm I've seen, uh, is getting a diverse group of backgrounds uh, and finding the kind of people that. Um, you know, are, are, not necessarily cookie cutters and have, uh, experience in RCX or in the defense industry, but the kind of people that, you know, are, are motivated and, uh, have, you know, done problem solving and are the kind of people that are gonna seek out problems to solve and are, you know, ambitious. And, um, and then you give them the experience through the program. And I think it's, it's really important, um, to, as a, as a success factor for a, a new LDP is to get the, get the right caliber people, uh, in, in the seats, right? Uh, you wanna have the right people
3: on the bus. Yeah, that that's really interesting. So two two main points you're making there, leadership buy-in, make sure leadership isn't just treating this as another to-do on their list. They actually, they want to see this program be successful. And then the second part is, it sounds like really having some, you know, standards for who you bring into the program, really defining who is an ideal candidate for the program and a diverse background, like you're saying, is really important.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and like I said before, you know, I'm from... Born and raised in Mississippi, um, you know, I have firefighter background, uh, manufacturing background. Uh, we have, uh, you know, for example, some of the other people, um, you know, you have people from the military. Like we have uh, a couple of Marines, um, you know, we have people that worked in, in manufacturing. I think we had someone that came from carpet or upholstery manufacturing, retail management. Uh, we have uh, international uh, people from, uh, from, you know, several, several different countries. So all kinds of diverse backgrounds. Uh, but that are also just genuinely you know, you you want to find good, ethical cool people that that don't just get results, you get results the right way. And that's something that's emphasized in the program. And I think getting the the kind of people that are are going to drive in that direction, uh, I think that's the one of the most important parts for sure.
3: Well, Andrew, this has been great. I really appreciate you, Michael, and I really appreciate you coming on the show and and sharing your experience with us. We know there's a lot of companies out there, manufacturers that are. Interested in these development programs, but obviously getting started with one—it's a big commitment. But this is uh, this is great information for our audience, and uh, again, appreciate you coming on.
2: Yeah, and all the all the best in your next assignment, your
1: next rotation as well. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I appreciate you guys uh, taking the time to you uh, invite me on and, and to talk about it. It's, it's been a, a great experience so far. Um, you know, certainly anyone that's out there that's, uh, interested in, in RTX or in, an LDP, uh, certainly you can look me up on, on LinkedIn, uh, but then also there's applications that are, they're open, um, I think for the experience track for, for, the next cohort, I think they're open now. And then for early career, um, you know, I would start looking in the spring if you're a junior, um, at the applications opening up and interviews starting next fall. Uh, but again, really appreciate y'all, uh, allowing me to come on and, uh, and talk about my experience. Thanks,
3: Andrew. All right. Thanks, Andrew.
0: Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Voices of Manufacturing podcast with Brian Salee and Michael Muhlenberg. This show is brought to you by Dazuki, the premier digital transformation solution that allows manufacturers to standardize operations. Our website where you can listen to our episodes and find tons of helpful resources is dazuki.com. Sign up for our monthly newsletter so you'll be the first to know about new episodes. That's Dazuki.com and join us in creating the front line of the future.